0: Hello and welcome to The Softer Side. I'm your life transitions coach, Shelly Carney. Let's design your life. Shelly Carney and Toby Eunice bring you The Softer Side, life transitions and relationship coaching. Join the live chat on YouTube every Wednesday and Friday at thesofterside.live. All right. So today's topic is what makes a good life even better? Top 10 secrets. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what coaching can do for you, what it's done for me, what it's done for Toby, and uh, how it can, you know, just be a wonderful thing to, to have. I believe that life coaching is so effective and wonderful that people eventually will have their own life coach just as they now have their own cell phone. They won't want to live without it. And I'll, we'll go over some of the reasons why that is. But first, let's talk about who we are. I am Shelley Carney. I am a certified wellness and life coach specializing in life design. This is my partner, Toby Eunice. He's my producer and business partner, and we coach each other as well.
1: Confidant. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So in a moment, we're going to get into the 10 secrets of transformation, But I'm going to share this on my Facebook page, and I'll have Toby start us off with, uh, just tell us, what's your day been like? Tell us about your
1: day. Uh, So I started the morning by uh, finishing up the um, shooting of the video for our other channel. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not a restoration. And then I had a dental hygiene appointment, a cleaning, you know, Mm -hmm. at the VA hospital, and... um, that's you have to give yourself an hour to get there right uh it's a it's a thirty two minute drive, but then it's like twenty minutes to get from the parking lot to into the hospital uh but they're such good people, and okay. I've had this same dental hygienist now for five years and so we're on a first name basis and she reads my audible books and I listen to her podcasts i mean we're, we're so um uh, I'm done
0: okay. So Toby went to the dentist and he just got back, so we we're rushing around and uh, just want to give him a moment to breathe and settle in. Uh, yeah. Today we're going to be talking about the 10 Secrets of Transformation, and this comes from the book Supercoach by Michael Neal, if you're interested in getting more in-depth with the, uh, the concepts. You have the power of choices, control, and freedom. That's sometimes news to people uh, who live in a victim mentality, who think life happens to them, uh, to understand that they have complete control over their choices and their freedom is a new awakening. So that's a secret for them, but it may not be for you. But it all starts with an awareness of what you want and how to change from what you're getting to what you want to get. Yeah, moving on.
1: Oh, I went back to, uh, sorry, go ahead. That's all right.
0: So number one, uh, secret number one, you are what you believe. The world is what you think it is. So anything that you believe, whether you have an optimistic or pessimistic uh, overview of the world, that's what you're going to end up getting. Because everything is filtered through your thoughts, through your attitudes, and through your beliefs. And you're always going to tend to see whatever it is that you are looking for. You're creating your experience of life right now, every day, with your thoughts. So uh, this is an important thing to know, because if you want to have a better life, start looking for better things. What you think about, you bring about. Right, um, and the things that you focus on are the things that continue to come to you. Would you like to add to that?
1: Well, so my tendency is towards the optimistic, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but I have acquaintances who are just the opposite. Right, and I'm not, I, and I can't seem to help them. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't. There's no no co- counseling that I can give them that seem to remove them f- from that pessimism Mm -hmm. of life. Mm -hmm. And it affects them. And we have similar experiences. I mean, we have common experiences in the sense that we're about the same age. We've had similar life experiences. We uh, both use the VA for our health care. And even when it comes to the VA, to to him, the VA is this terrible ogre that just there to torture him and keep him from being healthy. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that whatever the problem he's experiencing, it's it's always the fault of something else to the extent that just recently he complained that his photos um, weren't up to par because the camera was out of focus. Mm-hmm. As if the camera has a mind of its own, you know. <laughs> and uh, when the camera's out of focus, I m- admit my mistake and put the camera in focus. And so it, it's hard for me to listen to because part of me wants to fix it. And mm-hmm. then there's another part of me that knows, I don't think I can fix this. So That's right. And the can-
0: reason is, uh, that person is the only one who can. Mm-hmm. They have the they have control over their own behavior, over their own thoughts. You have mm-hmm. no control over them. So you can't usually help them unless mm-hmm. they come to you for help. And they're willing to listen and be coached, have to be coachable in order to get that help. But you brought up a good point um, that... Uh, how we tell our story is um, very important. And we've talked about this before. Are you the hero of your story? Or are you the victim of your story? When Toby tells his story, he tells all the good things, right? He talks about his Family. He, he loves all of his children. He had a wonderful career that he enjoyed. He doesn't sit there and tell you all the times that he nearly died and how horrible it's been for him and all the health problems he's had to go through in his life. He doesn't dwell on any of that because he doesn't tell his story from a victim mentality. He tells it from the hero's point of view. And we all need to learn to do that uh, because that then creates a hero in us. And heroic things continue to happen in our lives when we look at our lives that way. Yeah. Number two, thoughts are powerful, but only if you focus on them. Have you ever said, well, I'm two, I have two minds about that. And you're thinking, well, this could be a good thing, or this could be a bad thing. And then you get to choose, right? You get to choose, well, I'm going to look at it as a gift, as a good thing. Um, that's your choice. And then when you choose it, you give it power, right? Thoughts will cause feelings. So if you choose the positive thought, it will give you positive feelings, usually confidence. And that confidence will drive you into an action. Whereas if you choose the negative thought, that will Uh, inspire a negative action a negative feeling such as fear worry anxiety and that will then cause probably inaction or reaction might be making you angry Um, action is what creates your results so we want to decide what results we want what we truly desire and then work on our thoughts to get us to those results Again, the positive and the negative. And you get to decide, do I want to put my power and energy into the positive or the negative? Because you can think two ways. I want you to try to do that. Next time a situation happens that you feel like this circumstance that I didn't have any control over, I can think this about it or I can think this about it. I want you to notice that moment and then make a conscious choice which way you want to go.
1: Um, one, one way to do it is ask yourself who you're blaming the problem on, who or what <laughs> you're blaming the problem on. If you if you have a problem mm-hmm. and it's the fault of the camera and not you, you know, as an example, uh, then you're never going to fix that problem. You're just going to keep blaming it on the camera. Mm-hmm. So the first step is figure out, uh, not just what the problem is, but what causes the problem. And see how much of that is your responsibility, and mm-hmm. then and take it from there.
0: Yeah. So. Number three, you can choose happiness. You can choose happiness right now, right this second. You don't have to wait for it. Um, well being is not the fruit of something you do; it is the essence of who you are. You are worthy the moment you are born, uh, the moment you come into the world. You're worthy, and you can choose to be happy. There's nothing you need to change, do, be, or have to be happy. It's a choice that you make. It's just a feeling that you can create with your thoughts. So what are some of the thoughts we can think in order to feel happy? Um, I'm so grateful for everything that I have in my life. I love the people that I'm with. There's so many great things in my life right now. Just really easy to come up with some thoughts that will make you feel happy if you really work at it.
1: Yeah. I recently discovered grass-fed beef. (laughs) Like, that was such a good, Yeah. you know, it was a little small thing, but it made a difference in how I see my acquisition of protein.
0: Yeah. Not only that, but every time we sit down on the couch, Toby's like, I love my couch. (laughs) Every time we come into the house, I love my house. (laughs) That kind of an attitude just brings more and more good things into your life. So I suggest it. Number four, create from your happiness. So you build up that happiness by thinking those happy thoughts. And then when you feel happy, you're going to be inspired to create something. So decide what it is that you want and why you want it. What do you want to create? And why do you want to create it? It's important to know the why because that keeps you motivated until you get there. But what you want. Sometimes it's hard to decide what we want. We all know what we don't want. I don't want that anymore. I don't want anybody like that in my life ever again. You know, let's not think about what we don't want though because what you think about, you bring about. You're going to get more of what you're focused on. So think about what you do want. Use your imagination picture yourself in five years. Where do you want to be? What do you want happening in your life? What do you want to have improved by that time? That's a good way to decide what you want. You can clear any obstacle, but excuses will block you. Okay, obstacles are things that are outside of you, right? Um, Maybe you want to go to the movies, but your babysitter is late. That's an obstacle. I wanted to go to the movie, but I couldn't find a babysitter. That's an excuse. Okay. So an excuse is something that you make up to excuse or offer an explanation for why you didn't go through with whatever it was you wanted to do or said you wanted to do. Uh, So you can clear any obstacle, but excuses are going to block you. How do you feel about that?
1: Uh, the best time to make up a make a backup plan is when you make the initial plan. Uh, it's too late if the initial plan is broken, mm-hmm. and you have to come up with a backup plan. So it's always better to have a backup plan when yeah. you come to the situation, and uh, that has you know that uh, uh, when you talk about obstacles versus and that's a great leadership excuses. tip. Yeah. If, uh, if, uh, you when you talk about the difference between obstacles and, and excuses, obstacles can be overcome. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're human beings, we've made it to the top of the food chain. We for made it to the moon, right? We made it to and the moon back. <laughs> <laughs> 50 uh, years ago. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but an excuse it is not only an obstacle, it's an insoluble one, right? Obstacles should be. Should be soluble that that is you should have a solution for them uh and the sooner you have that uh, backup plan uh in place uh then you, you it uh, obstacles become less and less imposing mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm.
0: um, also an excellent tip uh, uh for for dating especially in the first few initial dates is to have that backup plan oh we're gonna go to this outdoor fair what if it rains have a backup plan yeah. you know because especially if you're the man and you're dating a a, a woman, uh, she's going to want to be able to relax and, and just enjoy the day and if you don't have a backup plan in case of rain or car breaking down or what have you it's not going to go very well. <laughs> well, th-
1: in in my opinion there's nothing uh less masculine than having making excuses and not having a a plan. I agree. Right? Cuz it takes away your manhood. At that point you're like, "Oh, well,
0: Yeah, and then you start blaming, right? right? Get into that victim mode, and then there's nothing more unattractive.
1: Yeah, if you're at the stage where you've blamed the Channel 4 weather guy (laughs) for not letting (laughs) you know that it was going to rain, you're already in trouble.
0: Yeah, yeah. Great. Number five, make strong choices. I love this. What you decide will never impact your life as much as how you handle the consequences of that decision. So just make the decision, right? Yes or no. Make the decision and then handle the consequences in a responsible manner. And you're going to appreciate that decision no matter what it was, right? Uh, Say, I think I want to buy this car, but I might want to buy that car and I can't decide. (laughs) Make the decision and deal with the car that you get. Um, and and focus on enjoying that choice rather than constantly worrying, did I make the right choice? And Oh, let, let me think about this some more. That's only going to hold you back. When you make a decision, make the decision and go all in. The number of reasons you have for doing something is inversely proportional to how much you want to do it. Do you know what that means? Uh, No, go ahead.
1: (laughs) Say that slow, somebody. That means,
0: why do you want to do that? I just do. Oh, okay. Um, Why do you want to do that? Well, you know, I like this guy, and I think I want to go out with him, and we wanted to go to... I don't think you really want to do what you're saying you want to do, you know? Because if you wanted to do it, you'd just be so confident. You'd just say, I just want to do it. Get out of my way. I'm doing it. What do you think?
1: It's how I buy things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you go cars, forward, right? Yeah,
1: cars, houses. I bought a new, I ordered a new Lumix G7 last night for us. Oh, boy. Us. We're not using the phones anymore.
0: But you had, yeah. But you thought about it all week.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, no. It wasn't a it wasn't, snap decision. It was Oh, I'm online.
0: Oh, look, a camera. I'm going to buy it. it,
1: it uh, I know it, you've been it, thinking about it for a it, while. It wasn't just... I had been thinking about it. I had the experience of production using the phones, and I just wasn't happy with the results. And uh, I knew I had to do something else, mm-hmm. and I already have one, so match it up with another. So. But that's that's kind of that. Let you know. Make the decision. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's going to cost us, but in the long run, it's better for us because we'll produce a better product with less effort Mm. right now Mm -hmm. it's a it's a stopgap it's an obstacle that we have to overcome uh and it's nobody's fault i made the decision to go in the one route Mm -hmm. because i hadn't before and it wasn't that i didn't trust it i just didn't know enough about it so now that i've made the investment in time to learn it uh i know that was um there are better solutions and that uh that I had to do it in order to make the mistake, in Mm -hmm. order to correct the mistake.
0: And there's a really good example of what you decide will never impact your life as much as how you handle the consequences of that decision. You could have said, oh, but now I spent money on these things and I'm just gonna deal with it and I'm mad now and I don't even wanna do anything anymore and, and just be very upset and angry with the whole situation. You could have handled it that way, but you chose to handle it with, you know what? I learned my lesson, and I'm moving on, and I'm making a new decision.
1: And the advantage is I'll have enough iPhone SEs to last (laughs) me for the rest of my life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Until the batteries die. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, number six. You're in charge of you. You're not in charge of anybody else, unless you have small children. You're not in charge of anybody else's behavior, you're only in charge of you. Being overwhelmed is just a thought. So what if you've got a whole bunch of stuff to do, and, and you know, I think we've all been there. I've got a whole bunch of stuff to, that I want to get done, and I just need to get it done so that I can do these other things and move on, and how you know, bah, 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 bah. Uh, I'm overwhelmed. But uh, no matter what seems to be going on in your life, remember this. You don't have to do anything. They're all choices. You have choices. You have the power to choose not to do something. So uh, let's say you have two or three commitments throughout the day and it's too much for you because you already have some other you know you have to go to work or you have to take care of the kids or whatever else and then these all these commitments are also coming up all at the same time and you say well i'm overwhelmed but i have to do this i have to take care of the kids i have to go to work do you that's a choice let's turn it around you don't have to take care of your kids You choose to take care of your kids. You want to take care of your kids. You had kids because you love children and you want to take care of them. So that was a choice. So stop looking at it as, I have to. Nobody's forcing you to do it. You could get a babysitter, right? You could ask uh, a relative to come and take care of the kids. Um, So just remember, you don't have to do anything that you don't absolutely want to do. Change your attitude a little bit. I want to take care of my kids or I want to go to work. I enjoy my job and I make money at my job and it pays for my bills and I want this job. And I was so excited when I first got this job. So I know I want it. So just remember it's life. Everything in your life is a choice. You don't have to do things. You do them because you want to. Everything you do or don't do is a choice, but when you're getting overwhelmed, just slow down. Take a look. Be an observer of your life and say, you know, how do I feel about this thing? Is this something I really want to do? How about the next thing? Do I want to do that? And why do I want to do that? And then you won't feel so overwhelmed. You know, take down some of the anxiety by stepping back and going into an observer mode.
1: No comment. I'm in full agreement. Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> Number 7 relationships are fun. They're supposed to be fun. Is that news to anybody out there? It's supposed to be fun. Relationships are fun. Let's uh let's introduce this concept. We create peop we create other people by how we listen to them. So if for instance I say my husband is so mean and and he makes such poor decisions. And, and I told you a whole bunch of bad things about my husband. Now you've heard bad things about him. You don't know. You you haven't met him. You don't know. But if I feel badly towards somebody, if I feel badly towards my husband or my son, and I, and I'm looking for them to be that bad person in my life, then I'm only going to hear the bad things. So if he comes home and says, I love you, and I missed you all day, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear it. I didn't I ignored it. it went whew, right past me. But if he says, you know, did you do the dishes? Oh, I'm going to capitalize on that and leverage it because I was listening for that and I was making him be the bad guy. So that that plays into if you're playing to win, you're already lost. So when you're in a relationship with somebody and you're gathering up evidence to tell everybody, you know what, he's a bad person because he does this, 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 and this. Well, you've already lost at the relationship game. You want to have a win-win situation. And we do that by loving each other, right? And how do we love each other? We look for the things that we love. We look, every time I'm with Toby, I could choose to look at him and say, you know, uh, he's, late, or he's arrogant, or he's this or he's that. But I I don't need to do that. I just focus on, you know what, he's always so um, gracious, he's so generous, he's so loving. Um, He's so positive. And these are the things that I really love about him. And I share that with people, you know, when I talk about him. So what we are expecting from somebody or what we are looking for in somebody or what we are listening for in somebody is what we're going to get. So we got to watch our expectations when it comes to other people. And when you release trying to control somebody, then you free yourself. So if I'm trying to control somebody's behavior, so I'm trying to control my son so uh, that he will, you know, do his dishes and do his laundry and, and get a job and this and that, and I'm at him all the time. Um... I'm actually not really able to control him. He's an adult, so he's going to do what he wants to do. And probably what he would do at that point is say, you know what, I'm moving out. I'm tired of you trying to control me. And he would just move out. Uh, So that wouldn't work for me. I don't want to control him. I want him to be a happy person. I want him to be a productive person. And I build him up with, you know, good good compliments and 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 by supporting him until he does find a job and can afford to move out and in doing that I free myself because I don't want to have to micromanage other people that's just too much I can barely manage my own life (laughs) sometimes so I don't want to manage anybody else so I just release and let them do what they're going to do and that frees me up to enjoy my own life
1: I do want to point out that the evil Kevin that Charlie described at the front end of that uh, is nothing like the real Kevin. I was making that who, up. Uh, yeah, that was, she was using that as an example because Kevin is just an outstanding man. Uh, he's a good man and he's a good husband. time. Right.
0: So That's right. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Number eight, ask for what you want. I like this. Um, especially hard for women. If you were brought up in a way that was like, you know, be good, be nice, um, you know, uh, pleasing other people, it's hard to ask for things that you want. But you can ask anyone for anything when you make it okay for them to say no. You know, uh, would you have a party for me on my birthday? Absolutely. Well, he could have said no, and then I would have found somewhere else to have a party. It's okay if he says no. Uh, that is why I can ask him and feel okay about it. It's, it's kind of a point of view thing, right? And a no is never about you. So if I ask somebody, um, would you like to buy my life coaching course? And they say no. I'm like, okay, it's not about me. It's about them. Maybe they don't have the money. Maybe they just don't have the time to put into it. Maybe it's just not uh, in their interest zone. That's okay. That's about them, not about me. Meet your own need for approval. And then you never have to fear rejection. If you feel good about yourself, you know, I did a really good job on my life coaching course. I feel good about it. I think I put a lot of effort into that. I offer a lot of value in that course. So if you don't want to take it, that's okay. I don't fear that rejection because I already feel good about what I've done. Would you like to add to
1: that? There's two things. Uh, number one, um, I I didn't when I started selling. As as you're a private business owner in Washington, you end up selling a lot, and there's mm-hmm. a there's a process, a very rigorous process, but you always have to sell. And at first, I didn't like it. I thought it was beneath me because I was an intelligence analyst and an Mm -hmm. intellectual, why do I have to sell? And then after a while, (laughs) I really got to like it. I really got to enjoy it. And one of the things that I learned early on was that I didn't handle rejection well, Mm -hmm. right? When somebody said no, I made the mistake of taking it very personally Mm -hmm. when it was really like, you didn't meet the requirements or, you, you know, your project didn't meet the requirements or your budget is way over our expectations, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> and it took me about two years to get past that uh, it's all about me mm-hmm. thing where I, I realized, no, it isn't. And I actually learned it. I had a very good friend whose name is Patrick Arnone, and he worked for Oracle for most of his uh, career. And but he was a master salesman he was the vice president uh, at the time that I knew him. He was the vice president of the government operations Division for Oracle and we used to get together for cocktails and we'd talk about selling because I really admired he was about he was he was about twenty years older than me uh, but I admired his selling skills and so every chance I'd get I'd tell him what I was experiencing and see what kind of feedback and this we had this long conversation about rejection mm-hmm. and he he reminded me uh, in in several hours worth of conversation, it's not about you, right? right? And as a matter of fact, if you find out it's about you, if you're the kind of person that is rejected and people are saying, I just don't like you, but get out of sales, right? <laughs> because one of the keys to sales is you have to be approachable. You have to have, People have to build trust in you. And, and if you're the kind of person that just doesn't give off that kind of mm-hmm. energy – then get out of sales. But rejection is not that reflection. They will tell you when it's not just re- rejection. They mm-hmm. will tell you when we don't like you. Mm-hmm. You know, they, w- they don't have any problem saying that. <laughs> the second thing, uh, the second point I wanted to make is that I was raising my daughters. I used to talk to them about things, and I tried to put it in, in phrases that they could that they could absorb, easily absorb. One of them was, people treat you different when you smile and dress nice, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, one of the other ones was, don't be afraid to ask, uh, it pays to be cute. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, so it, they, they picked up on that. Yeah, <laughs> I've met <laughs> your daughters. <laughs> uh, they picked up on that little thing. And they 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 got over the idea that they could be rejected even because they asked right mm-hmm. most of the time a lot of times they won't ask because of the fear not they they've overcome that um, mm-hmm. they uh, most people won't ask because they're afraid of somebody saying no yeah. and what what they learned what was and practice was if you ask nicely and if you smile when you do it and if you just happen to be cute you're probably going to get that extra serving of Sweet potatoes or whatever Avocado. It is. Yeah, avocado, exactly. <laughs> I want avocado, but yeah. I don't want to pay extra for it. Is that okay? <laughs> and I used to see them, they kind of mastered it. We'd go to a restaurant and I could see them manipulating that poor waiter. I, and I don't mean manipulating in a negative way. But I knew they were taking advantage of this strategy that I that I had informed them. And they, they just didn't have any fear. doesn't or, hurt to yeah, ask. Yeah. 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 They so, can
0: say no. Let them say no. Right. It's okay. And it'll be okay. You don't you have exactly. to get mad about right. it. Yeah. Number nine, employ an abundance mindset. This goes along with that, are you pessimistic? Are you optimistic? Are you having a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset? This is delving into the uh, financial life, basically. Your well-being is not dependent on your bank balance. And I have worked with a couple of coaches who have let me know that they work with, uh, they have worked with people who make millions of dollars, uh, have, you know, a million or between one and five million dollars in, in savings in the bank or in, you know, in investments. And um, they still don't feel secure. They still don't feel like they have enough security that they don't have to worry that it'll all disappear the next day. Um, They have that same fear that somebody who only has five dollars in the bank has. And that's because it's all about your mindset, what you're thinking. Um, And we just have to remember that uh, financial security comes from your ability to get more money whenever you want, rather than how much money you have. So if you spent all your money but you knew uh, that's okay because I know how to make more. I can always get a job, or I can, you know, uh, work harder on my business, or whatever it is, because I've done it and I know, and I'm going to get the support I need to make more money. So I'm not going to worry about it. Um, when you have that finan- that that mindset of not worried about it, then you know you can you can rest easy. You can feel secure in uh, your financial life. And really, knowing how to serve others will secure your financial future, so, because that's where wealth comes from—is by offering value and receiving energy or commodities or money in return.
1: Yeah, I. Um, there have been a couple of my uh, times in my life when I felt like, oh, I'm broke. Yeah. And uh, you. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, <laughs> it, you know, it's the definite. I was still living in a nice house and had a nice car and was taking care of the family. But I thought, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And uh, it set me back to consider what do I need to do with where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one case, it was just the state of the economy. Things had done a town ta- downturn. When that happens, the government stops out you were
0: surrounded by that whole mentality right. so it's hard not to yeah. uh, be infected by that
1: so uh, the transition that I made that when I realized that the government was slowing down there was lots of government contractors that wanted to learn how to do business with the government and by that time after 20 years I had mastered it especially when it came to the intelligence community so I formed a new company out of the blue called uh, b2g consulting and uh, it was just it was a, a, a business that basically served the needs of government contractors who needed to learn how to sell to the intelligence community. And in three months, I had more business than... Y- you know, in three months, I had so much business that I had to kind of uh, consider where my other part of the business, which was serving the, the intelligence community with, m- you know, my journalistic documentary services, etc., And for the 10 years from... Uh, uh, the the 10 years through the 90s except for the mid 90s that's what I did and it was very comforting to know that anytime I wanted to do something like that even though I had no experience in it um, in that kind of uh, sales and teaching and training techniques um, I ended up developing my own, my own classes, courses mm-hmm. including sentient selling which you've heard about so it was really nice to feel like okay, yeah, I, I was broke but all it takes is Implementing a new idea to see what happens. So,
0: and apparently your daughters know that about you, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. They always—they don't worry about me. They say, "Well, Dad, we don't, you always know how to make a living. You know, yeah, you can always make a living. I'm I'm 70 now. There's a point at which you don't need to make a living. I mean, I'm <laughs> effectively retired. But yeah, they don't—they don't—they don't worry about me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, they do worry. And I about think
0: you pass that on to them yeah, as well. Yeah. They they have that attitude of I can always get a job or you know I can always make money I can always figure it out. Yeah. They have that s- that strong um, financial mentality. Mont- mentality and yeah.
1: motivation, right? And, motiva- and they're not greedy, they're not money no. hungry, but they know But they're
0: not scared of you know yeah, classic Bills example, are going to kill me and uh, I'm going to lose my house. Is
1: and- uh, Erica who just recently made a jump away from the comfort of a nice corporate take care of you for the rest of your life job into uh, being a consultant for a company that's a startup, effectively. And that's after she's you know, married and had her first child, et cetera, et cetera. But, but what she does, as you know, is they call me, and we have that long conversation about possibilities and things like that. And then the next thing I know, she's doing something completely different from what she had been doing up until that point. So. <laughs> It's nice to see that.
0: So, yeah, so when you, and, and that's so important because our ideas about money, uh, I would have to say 90% of them come from our parents. So if you're a parent, you need to be careful in front of your children about you know, how you talk about money. I know uh, we, I did this wrong. <laughs> my child, my uh, children are on both ends of the spectrum. My, my daughter gets money. She immediately spends it she can't hold on to it. My son is, uh, I won't spend any money and he's, you know, he's afraid to spend any money. As soon as he gets more, you know, he holds on to it. Um, he's a little bit miserly. So I think that, and they get that. And it's funny because they both, you know, in the same family, you would think, um, how do you get both ends of the spectrum in, in one family like that? But, uh, they pick up on different things that my husband and I would say or talk about, you know, and, and, you know what they pick up on they hold on to according to their outlook on life you know are they optimistic or pessimistic and mm-hmm. you know are they afraid of what's going to happen in the future or let's have a party today you know so got to watch that as a parent number 10 hope for the future speaking of the future Hope is an invitation to enjoy the possibility of what you want while you work on the eventual outcome. So many people are like, well, you know, knock on wood or uh, don't jinx it or, uh, you know, don't talk about how much money we make and, you know, um, because then it'll all go away. And this, <laughs> and um, we have a friend who is uh, Gail Rubin. She's called the Doyen of Death and she put out a, a book and she says, you know, um, talking about death doesn't mean you're going to die. You do need to talk about your death. You do need to plan for it. And, uh, you know, it's just the same with anything else. It's okay to talk about it. It doesn't mean you're going to die. It doesn't mean you're going to not get that job that you've been wanting or, you know, not be able to afford things because now the money's disappeared because you talked about it. That doesn't happen. You're allowed to hope. In fact, hope is Uh, opens up your imagination for what the future could be and it helps you to imagine and visualize an even better future than what you what you have right now so it opens up all those possibilities and it pushes you off into that direction of a better life so never there's never a reason never a good reason not to hope and I'm like my hopes will be dashed, and and then I'll get hurt. You're kind of hurting right now, aren't you? you know, why are you hurting already? Why not put, Why not just maybe? Maybe you'll get hurt. Maybe you won't. Why not have hope and enjoy the moment?
1: Uh, my best experience at hope uh, was sailing the Chesapeake Bay at night in a windstorm.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: 'Cause I just kept going like, Oh, we we can do this. This boat is seaworthy. Yeah. I've got a good crew and my son Jason. Yeah. And uh, we know where we're going.
0: You put him through a lot, <laughs> haven't you?
1: <laughs> he's uh he's who he is today <laughs> for, for all the stuff that I put him through. <laughs> and 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 at the moment, you know, at the time he thinks about it and he, he gets home and he goes, Oh my god, dad just put us, you know, we sailed the Chesapeake in a Forty mile an hour windstorm and and uh, and but then he gets a story out of it right. in that same way right. and after a while you're just laughing with him you know at the story that he's telling and then
0: he See? knows he's tested he's been yeah, tested he's exactly. been put through the fire yeah. and he knows what he's capable of right. so that's a good way to look at it too so here's my recommendations for uh, what makes a good life even better decide what you want and why you want it. A lot of us don't take the time to really think about that. Um, Manage your thoughts. You know, that just means if you have two minds about it, choose the positive. That's going to get you the most positive results. Live in alignment with your goals and ideals. If If a choice comes to you and you say, do I want that or do I not want that? Does it align with your goals and ideals? Right. Um, If I take this course, is that going to get me further along towards what I want to do eventually? Or is it just a distraction? Um, If I purchase this house, uh, is is that where I want to be in five years? Is that where I want to be in 10 years? Um, You know, make sure that the big choices you're making are in alignment with your goals and ideals. And choose happiness now. Don't put it off. Don't think you're going to get it. Uh, Once I get that treasure chest, then I'll be happy. Mm. Once I get that car, then I'll be happy. Once I pay off my house, then I'll be happy. Once I lose 10 pounds, then I'll be happy. No, don't wait. Just do it now. You don't know what's in the future. Just be happy now.
1: Whether or not you need to lose the 10 pounds.
0: (laughs) So... Another thing you can do to improve your life is to reach out to The Softer Side. Join the member vault at esofterside.com. Join our Facebook group. Look at Facebook groups, The Softer Side. Uh, Look for our podcast if you like to download the audio of these shows and listen to them while you're doing other things. We are on Anchor FM, uh, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And as always, you can contact me at thesofterside.info at gmail.com make sure you head on over to esofterside.com and look for that free discovery coaching session and you can schedule a call today and we can start talking about your goals and how to make your good life even better and something so exciting i just got a brand new Udemy course up called "Be your, uh, how to be your own life coach and you can see there's a little graphic a picture of it and it uh, there's the link to it it's at udemy.com and then how to be your own life coach and that is also in the description box for this video today they are having our summer sale and it's only $10.99 for this course now it's normally $89.99 for this course so scream and deal if you buy it today. And if you do buy it today, make sure you leave me a review. Let me know how you're enjoying it. And if it needs anything or if there's any issues with it that you find so that I can fix it right away or uh, get back with you on that. And um, I hope that you will take a look at that. At least go on over to Udemy and check it out.
1: Did Udemy approved it then? Yes. Oh, congratulations. We need to celebrate that.
0: That's right. That's right. So check it out, ten ninety nine today only. So in the live chat room, here's a prompt for you while Toby and I are having a quick discussion about our topic. What is your biggest challenge when it comes to enjoying your life to the fullest? What's getting in your way? What are your obstacles? What are your excuses? Let me know in the chat room. And let's go to a full screen and we can tell some stories so we want to have the best life possible what makes a good life even better
1: well i think you covered it uh, you covered it in a show a couple of three weeks ago Mm -hmm. and i think one of the most important things in order to make your life better you've got to believe that you have a pretty good life as it is right not that you're that that you don't need to be like I have a perfect life, right? but I have a good life. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the things that I have. I'm not, I'm not speaking for myself, although that's kind of my philosophy uh, of uh, life. Mm-hmm. And I think once you make that adjustment to be appreciative of what you already have, I have life, I have family, I have a house, I have a car, I have a good partner, you know, business partner, uh, I have a YouTube channel, the second one third one that I work on. <laughs> so you look at all of that and you say to yourself, well, you're, you're in a pretty good state now mm-hmm. for somebody that's 70 and at the latter part of their life. And so you you have two choices at that point. You can lament the fact that you don't have long to live because you don't know how long that is, right? You could you could focus on lamenting and how bad everything is as a result of that. Because focusing on the end of your life has one significant impact, and that is you stop doing stuff. Mm. Like, I'm going to die anytime soon, so let me just stop <laughs> stuff, right? You stop cleaning house. and you, When you stop cleaning house, you know you're already in, a, in kind of a bind. Oh. So I think at age one of the things that you can do for yourself is just appreciate what you have, including life. You wake up every... You woke up this morning. That's a good sign, you know? That's a head start on the day. Uh, you made your bed. It's a head start on the day. Yeah. You open up those drapes and open up the Venetian blinds. You looked out at your little backyard and you are reminded how, uh, how beautiful, you know, how much you love living in this little house. So I, I think that's, there, that's probably the biggest thing. If you can just appreciate what you have, be happy about mm-hmm. what you have, that leads to other things. And um, I, I am reminded of that speech that was made by um, oh, Admiral McCraven, Mc, Admiral McCraven. He was head of the uh, Special Operations, uh, uh, Special Operations Command Center, um, and he ran special operations for several years during the uh, Bush and Obama administration. Just recently retired, he was giving a speech. at he was asked to give a, a commencement address at uh, high school, mm-hmm. and uh, he's the one. He's the one that said, um, "Start your day by making your bed." Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Start your day by making the bed, because if you can do that, you've accomplished something and you can go on with the rest of your day. And I think it's really important to look at the day as opposed to uh, I wake up and I just think about all the bad things that are going on (laughs) in my life and how terrible (laughs) life is. Or all the
0: things i got to get done today. Right.
1: (laughs) Make your bed. Then take a shower, brush your teeth. One thing those, at a time. Those little one thing at a times kind of uh, goes through it. And it's not a schedule. It's not a requirement. It's just going to, even if, I don't have any place to, I'm not going to work every day. Um, the only place I have to go is mow the lawn on Saturdays and stuff like that. But I go through that process. I make my bed. I take my shower, brush my teeth. I put on fresh clothes, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And that gives me, the minute I come out here, I feel like, ah. Hey, it's a good day already, you know, i accomplished <laughs> things. Mm-hmm. The second thing I was going to recommend was, um, uh, I, I don't know how many folks out there have read uh, Dale, Carnegie, Dale Carnegie's The Power of Positive Thinking, mm. but it was a sales book. It was designed for salespeople to read. Um, and I had read it, my, my father actually had a copy of it in his library and i it, i i didn't read it when I was young. It wasn't until much later, probably when I was in my early to mid twenties as my career was starting to develop that I read it. And I thought to myself, you know, in some ways, this is very this is very genteel like it's mm-hmm. a it's a very positive look at the world. and by the time because it was written i, I, I it was probably written in the 40s. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so it was a different world back then. Mm-hmm. And men and so wore hats. <laughs> right, men, men wore hats and dressed in suits, and not ball caps. Hats. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't wear flip flops.
0: Yeah, that's right. Right. And cargo um, shorts. <laughs> and uh, very
1: And different. so when I read it, I thought, well, there's it, it, it. It's in some ways it's archaic. It's for that period of time. Mm. But if you read it and you go like, no, these are universally Mm -hmm. applicable principles of behavior for someone that wants to make it through life in a very positive way. Mm -hmm. And about a year ago, I bought the audible version of that, Mm. the power of positive thinking. And again, when you listen to how it's written, it is written in that style of the 40s and 50s. And even the language is more, it's, it's more elegant, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, in the way that they speak. It's not right. that, it's, you know, it's not, not that current chopped vernacular. current. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but listening to it, if you're taking a trip and you listen to it, by the time you get back from that trip, the whole world seems like a little bit better because mm-hmm. you're looking at it in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And it's different from reading it, listening to it. They have, uh, a, a, I can't remember the, the person that does the narration, but he does it really, really well. Uh, and if you listen to it, it's it doesn't put you to sleep. It, it puts you in that relaxed, learning mind state. Mm-hmm. And the things that it leaves you with, like you're you're stuck in that you you end up believing like you know the 40s after the war were really a good period and everybody was looking positively after the war That's and true. where it was a great strong period of they, economic growth they were growth. not looking back no it. no 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 they were just moving forward mm-hmm. and uh and it was written about that time as sales grew as a as a profession mm-hmm. right up until that time sales was going from door-to-door and selling vacu- vacuum cleaners, and now we were building corporations. The fuller Brush Man. Right. <laughs> we were building these huge corporations that required salespeople who had skills not to sell a $10 Fuller Brush or a $5 Fuller Brush, they, whatever they were, but now big contracts worth hundreds of thousands, if not millions, if not billions of dollars. And that required a different kind of sales professional and one that had that positive, no, no defeatist, uh, I can accept no as an answer right? The only, thing, the only thing I never agreed with Dale Carnegie was uh, never say no. You just keep going back until they say yes. Mm. And one of the things as times changed, you realize we're all moving at a much faster pace than that. You had the patience, you had the time to, to just keep going back. In this day and age, if if they say no, and you can't get them past that no, then you've got to move on. Yeah, right. You've got to accept that as not a rejection. They have issues that they have to deal with, and uh, then you just move on. That was the only thing that I ever heard from that Dale Carnegie side of the sales house that I disagreed with. But that was because the times had changed. Right, and
0: there's persistence. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you want to be persistent with yourself.
1: Right, and that's the other thing too. Is you have to ask yourself one of the, I think one of the things that as an individual is important is uh to determine how you invest your time mm. and uh and you you start looking at things and saying is this what's the ROI on this investment yeah. in time yeah and then you make a decision like well if if I'm not going to make any money here right as is my time then better spent doing something someplace somehow that is going to make me that better return on investment without hating them without you know like uh eh, so let me just step away from that and move to something else that's a better uh, ROI. Now, uh, being retired, uh, I don't have as big a, you know, as we used to call it in sales, bogey. I don't have that bogey that I'm constantly pursuing. I'm not raising yeah. a family, per se. Yeah. So it's a lot easier now just to say, oh, I, uh, that doesn't make me happy. I'm going to go do something that makes me happy.
0: Yeah. A lot less stress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Who needs it? That's
0: right. So, Well... uh. And how do I make a good life even better? I have a really good life. I'm very happy, but I do want more, right? I want, uh, I want a business that's growing and thriving and making a lot of money. Um, then my husband can retire and he can do something else. You know, he's always had to be the one to work and to support us. And, um, while I were, you know, how I was at home with the kids, or I was working part time so that I could be there for them when they got home from school, or taking them to school, and all of that. So, um, uh-uh. but now that I, you know, my kids have grown, what can I do to make my good life even better? I want to uh, grow my business. So, what am I doing? I'm getting coaching. I've got, uh, you know, I am in uh, life coaching. Uh, which covers a whole range of topics. I have a, um, a business coach and I'm getting, a, you know, all kinds of great coaching on internet business. So um, that's how I make my good life better is by seeking out that support that I need uh, to fill in those knowledge gaps so I can move ahead um, with that help. Uh, so I suggest that as well, that if you have gaps uh, and you are feeling dissatisfied, that you look for coaching in those areas that are not working well for you and make your good life even better. So let's see what's going on in the chat room.
1: It's been uh, pretty quiet. We do have some folks in there, but everybody just said, hi, Joe S. is in the room. Davio Hello, is in Joe? the room. Joe. Davio? Hey, Davio. says, you're stunning in blue. Very oh. nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank um, <laughs> you. Uh, Sam Leno is in the oh, room. Oh, hey, Sam. Good uh, to see you again. And Deborah Jensen. All right. Uh, she, Deborah. She's like Thank my you. mom would always say you have to have plan B. Right? Plan B. Black up, black Back backup up. plan. Yeah. And, and always have a backup. A, 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 that was my motto as well, yeah, especially
0: yeah. when you have little kids, you know. Um, and always be prepared and always have a backup, you know. Because what if you go to take your kids to the zoo, uh, you know, and mom's group, stay-at-home mom's group, and we're all going to the zoo today, and now it's raining. What do you do? In the the got to have backup.
1: In the military, there's an old uh, saying that says your battle plan uh, is I- ineffective the, f- at the first engagement. Yeah. You know, the first time you come in contact with the enemy. Yeah, it changes. It changes. And you've got to have a, a plan B, a C, D, mm-hmm. E. That's, that's the that same it's- in life.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can make all the plans you want, but if it involves other people behaving in a certain way... <laughs> it may or may not happen. May not, right, exactly. <laughs> you know? All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. In, and for The Softer Side, I'm Shelley Carney. Thank you for listening to The Softer Side with Shelley Carney and Toby Yunus. Please write to us with questions or ideas for future shows at thesofterside.info at gmail.com and visit the free Member Vault for more great tips and ideas at eSofterSide.com